Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Well, we are continuing on our theme, Grace and Truth. And how many of you are blessed up to so far? I think I'm more blessed. Um, I think this, is, this message is, 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 for me, it has come at the right time. And just to remind us of the grace of God, particularly because, like as I was saying, even with marriage, uh, there comes a time in life where everything seems to be working. And we then forget that it is not by power nor by might, but it is by His Spirit. Amen. Because the Spirit of God is the one who dispenses the grace on daily basis. Amen. And it, it's such a, a joy to be reminded of it, to say this life can be lived differently. You know, uh, I am of the view that um, my faith in Jesus Christ has to work for me. It has to be practical. Otherwise, it becomes nothing but um, religion. Amen. It becomes uh, that form of godliness type of thing, but, uh, you know, lacking power at the end of the day. I love the scripture that says the just shall live by his faith. That's what it says. So what you believe in has to work for you, and it's something that you have to live by it. So we have to really learn our faith, explore all of its um, uh, promises, um, and, and apply them in our lives so that we can live by it, uh, and not just to say we just came to church and um, this thing is working for us for two hours, singing the right songs, but when we go back to our homes, when we go back to our jobs, our businesses, when we go back to even our relationships generally out there in the world, only to find that our faith seems not to be applicable. So we need the grace of God to help us to be able to live out our faith so that it can be visible, it can be clear uh, to each and every person who is around us. Amen. Last week we spoke about great grace. Amen. Great grace. And this morning I want us to look at something else. Amen. Which is a subject I decided to title All Grace. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All grace. Somebody say all grace. Second Corinthians chapter number nine. And I'm just going to take one verse, which is verse number eight. And there are some key principles that we are going to extract from this by just simply exploring different versions, different translations of the very same scripture. And I believe this scripture is so, so loaded, so loaded that if we go deeper and get to uh, get as much as possible from it, I believe that 
our lives will not be the same. Verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace. Say all grace. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So it's all grace, always for all sufficiency in all things and in every good work. Amen. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We pray and we ask that you may speak to us. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. Just a quick recap, Bazalwani. Last week we said God's grace is dimensional. The book of 1 Peter 4 verse 10 talks about the manifold grace of God. And secondly, we said the grace of God is given in measure, particularly in as far as giftings are concerned. And we said also, thirdly, there are levels in the grace of God. We spoke about sufficient grace, where God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. I like it when Jesus says, we must not worry about tomorrow. Uh, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Because every trouble that you are faced with today, there is grace available for it to get you through it. Amen. But not only that, there's also more grace for things that you are going to face tomorrow. Bigger challenges than the one that you are facing today. But also, we looked at great grace. And we said this great grace is linked to great power. You know, it's one thing. That's why, you know, one of the key things that we mentioned last week is that the grace of God is not just supposed to be limited to the issues of sin and shortcomings, but we also need to acknowledge the grace of God that enables us to do any other thing that God wants us to do. And not only do we... Um, need the grace of God when we are in lack, but we also need the grace of God when we are experiencing abundance in our lives. And I was saying that if you thought, uh, you know, uh, you needed the grace of God only when you don't have a job or income, wait until you have a job and you are, you, you are now making money. There's money uh, that is coming in, you know, then you realize that you actually need more grace now. You need greater grace uh, to sustain you at that level. And Musa, of being able to handle, not but being able to handle, 
Uh, being able to handle the fact that now you have a car, you need the grace of God. Being able to handle the fact that now you are married, you need the grace of God. You see, Paul, as you are single, you need the grace of God. But don't think that when you are married, you will no longer need the grace of God. With that, uh, a great responsibility of having um, a human being, a person next to you, you know, requires the grace of God. I thought, you know, I needed the grace of God to have children. But after I had children, I realized I need great grace uh, just to be able to. And when they were just still, you know, toddlers, I needed the grace of God just to change nappies and to feed them and to make sure that, you know, I pick them up or whatever the case may be until they became teenagers. I realized that I need great grace because the formula changes at that level. Hallelujah. Amen. There was a time where you, you used to speak to them and they used to keep quiet and just sit down. But now, eee, there are questions, there are answers, uh, questions that we never got the opportunity to ask ourselves when we were growing up. You know, but now we are faced with those questions and we are told that we need to speak to them. Hey, there was a time where the only response you could get at home was a hiding. And that used to solve all of your problems and answer all of your questions. <laughs> I must not do it. That's it. <laughs> I don't have to know why. <laughs> Are we here? So even though the grace of God is given in, in measure, in as far as gifts are concerned, we need to understand that the grace of God is dimensional. It has many sides and different forms to it. Amen. The Bible uses the word grace interchangeably with other words such as blessings or gifts or favor. And, and all of these words, they communicate that very fact that there are many sides to the grace of God. You can never exhaust the grace of God. You can never uh, drain out the grace of God because God himself says it has to abound towards us. So that's why we have to forever go uh, to God. I mean, Paul as an apostle anointed by God doing great and mighty things, you know, still at that level, he says, working or doing the work that I am doing, actually it is, it is not me, but it is the grace of God that is at work on the inside of me. I mean, he even acknowledges that there are certain things that even when he prays for, God decides not to do anything about them. And instead, he just gives him the grace to sustain and to keep him. Amen. And I believe that if we can have that mindset, we can be saved from many offenses as the children of God. Have you ever found yourself being offended by God? Simply because, you know, uh, you did not get his attention at the time when you thought you needed his attention. You did not get his intervention at a time when you thought you needed his intervention because God is training us to be responsible but not to just expect him to just move and rise up each time we scream. 
Are we here? Sometimes God will just say, no man, just stomach it, go through it. There's much, there's something bigger on the other side. And the best thing I can do for you now is not to take you out of the process, but to give you the grace during the process so that you do not forfeit what is around the corner. And that's when we get to appreciate different difficult seasons that we sometimes uh, go through as people because we discover that after that season, we are better people. We are more strong. Stronger. We are more wiser. We are more kind. We are more compassionate. There comes a time uh, in your life as a believer where you, you, your ability to live a holy life makes you so um, arrogant towards other people who are not there yet until you go through your own challenge and you realize that you needed the grace of God and it causes you to become a better person to handle people differently. You know, when I was uh, uh, still a Christian, uh, uh, brother, bra, like a Christian, not, not even a pastor then, uh, not even a, 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 a leader or anything like that, you know. Uh, I was not even married at that point. brother, bra, a Christian, you know what I mean? And I never used to understand, you know, why would a Christian, I mean, uh, until I, a, I became a pastor, I realized, yay! Man, I need more grace, not for myself, but for others. Because people go through different things. People come from different environments. People, you know, they face all sorts of different things. And it taught me how to be able to just give room or have room for grace. So that when people are not where you are, you can show them more grace. It's easy for God to be holy. Because that's who he is. He's holy. Every fiber of his being. Tina, kusese na different things on our system that we still have to flush out. <laughs> and from time to time, we find ourselves in, in conflict. Are we together? Now, the scripture that we have read tells us or shows us that the grace of God is for Every moment in our lives, it says that, that you always, always, having all sufficiency, always, not sometimes, not when things are going okay, but always. There will never be a moment in your life where you will never need the grace of God. The Amplified Version says, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, always the grace of God, the, 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 the dimensional grace of God, the manifold grace of God is for all circumstances, regardless of the need. There's grace for it. I don't know what is it that you need. I mean, we might be in different seasons and we are faced with different situations and circumstances, you and I. 
I don't know, you know, Isimo Perenena so Ekaya. I don't know Isimo Perenena Semsebenzin. I don't know. And I might not be in the same boat as you, but all I know that the common thing between the two of us, it is the manifold grace of God that is meant for all circumstances, regardless of the need. As we are sitting here, there are different kinds of need that are represented in this room. Many of us, maybe we have physical needs, needs of uh, material possessions, and many of us, maybe we are in abundance in as far as that is concerned. Maybe we are in need for love. We are in need for, you know, whatever else, joy, peace, whatever else that we might be in need of. But the grace of God says it is relevant for every circumstance, every need that you might have under the sun. So we cannot sit here and be in competition to think that my needs are bigger than your needs. Or your needs are better than my needs. Or my needs are supposed to have, you know, a priority in, a, in, a, in the great scheme of things. There is grace that is available for all of us to keep us and to sustain us. You know that scripture when Paul was saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We sometimes abuse that scripture. We use it very wrongly sometimes. Because we, we, we seem to be thinking that that scripture implies that, you know, uh, I have power to do great wonders, to do, uh, you know, wonderful things. I can produce miracles. You know, I, have, you, uh, uh, I can do all things. But verses before, Paul talks about something very interesting here, there, and displaying how the grace of God works and operates in his life. He says, I know to live in abundance. And he says, I know also to be a base. And then after he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does that mean? It simply means uh, I, I know how to, uh, how, how to live in need and lack certain things that I might want at that particular point in time and still be okay and live my life and find my fulfillment and joy in God. Not because I am strong, not because I am better, but it is this grace that is at work. The very same grace that is at work to help me produce great things because in life there will be a season, one good, you know, the situations they are saying amen you know everything you touch tends to gold hey, but there will be a time where you are trying to move some things and they are not moving they are looking at you and even at that time under those circumstances the bible tells us that the grace of God is sufficient for us In practical terms, it simply means, you know, I, I'm not just used to the one side of life. In other words, I can, I can be in a five-star environment. I can be booked in a, in a, in a five-star hotel and, and, and be in a five-star restaurant and, and, be, be, and fly first class and, and be given that high treatment. I can be able to operate at that level. I know how to hold the fork and a knife. I know which glass to use for what. Uh, I know all the things in a menu, but I don't malfunction when you put me in a different environment. 
If you are going to take me to the bundu somewhere in a bush, I have the grace to operate in that space as well. Ah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, when I am married, I, I know how to function when there are Kellogg's and oats and, and, and all of those options in the morning that when I wake up, I can open the cupboard and, and look at what, what, what choice do I have this morning? Do I feel like yogurt? Do I feel like the fruit salad? Do I feel like this and that? And I don't malfunction when I am in a season when I open the cupboard and there's only one option. Yeah. Only one option. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the grace of God that is always available under all circumstances. Under all circumstances. So in other words, the reason why I will not fear, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is not because I have mastered this life, but I allow the grace of God to kick in in my life. I, I allow the grace of God to help me face this thing because here's the reality. Sometimes there are situations you are going to be faced with that are not going to be solved tomorrow morning. Sometimes God is the God of suddenlies, but sometimes it's the God of seasons. And he will just allow the season to kick in. And, and he says, as long as, as long as the earth remains, oh, time and chance is given to them all. In other words, there will be a time where your season will just be your season and it will stay with you until it accomplishes its purpose. There are certain seasons that are supposed to teach us humility. There are certain seasons that are supposed to teach us kindness. And, and, and instead of rushing to come out of that season, learn. Learn. Don't insist on God bringing you out of that season. Ask yourself, why am I here? Why did God allow it? Ah, I mean, a lion, when it was faced by Samson, what happened? He had the power and the strength to tear it apart, kill it instantly. But what happens to Daniel in the den? The lion is there. God says, you, don't, you are not going to kill it. I'm not going to take you out of it. You are just going to stay with the lion in the den. Look at it at the f for, for the whole night. Can you imagine sitting this God is able to give you the power to kill it. This God can kill those lions instantly, but he decides to leave them and give you the grace. <laughs> Just to stay and remain calm in the den for the whole night. Use them as your pillow. And you cry all night and you believe that when I wake up tomorrow morning, ah, oh, my situation would have been dealt with. And God says, my grace is sufficient. <laughs> he says, this time around, I don't have anything else but my grace. Oh Lord, the lights are switched off in my house. I need a miracle tomorrow. God says, no, let's go through it for the whole week. Just stay in the dark for the whole week. Let's see if when it's dark at home, can you still kneel down and declare that I am holy? Can you still declare that I am faithful? Can you still declare that I am worthy? That's why I'm saying if we can learn to operate in this grace, we are going to be saved from quite a lot of things as believers. Because many of us, Simkonza Magumnand, Simkonza, when he's the God of miracles, signs and wonders, how you should look at our dance on Sunday because all is well. 
How many of you should look at our commitment at church? All is well. Oh, but can you, can you tap into that grace in a dry season? Can you tap into that grace when no job application is, is, is being accepted? When you are facing rejections everywhere? When there's no money in the bank account? I'm not promoting all of these things, but I'm saying the reality of our walk with God. Sometimes it involves such seasons where God is just simply going to look at you. Like, okay. I remember there was once a, 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 a teaching that Pastor Benihin gave a long time ago that impacted my life like I've never seen before. He says he was praying and in a vision, God shows him two people who were kneeling down praying. Three people who were kneeling down praying. And he says in a vision, he sees the Lord Jesus going to the first one and taking a time to embrace them. And, 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 and he had a moment to cry together with them. And he moved on to the second one and he just tapped them on the shoulder. And he moved on to the third one and he just looked at them and he just walked on. And in his mind, he said, Lord, what did that third one that you did not talk to, what did they do? What kind of sin did they commit? He said, no, no, no. The third one has already mastered how to take advantage of my grace. The first one has not yet tasted my grace. That's why he needed my attention more. The second one was in between. That's why all I could do was to tap them on the shoulder to just simply say, keep on keeping on. But the third one... Oh my goodness, that that one was becoming stronger. Knowing that that one was like Job who said, I don't understand what is currently happening in my life. I've lost my children. I've lost my flocks. I've lost everything that I own. But one thing I know is that my Redeemer lives. It might not look like he's around me. It might not look like he's at work. But all I know is that my Redeemer lives. Hey, there has got to come a time in your life when you are going to say to yourself, God, I might not understand what you are doing in my life. I might not understand why are you doing it, but all I know. Oh, is that you are sitting on the throne. You are in charge. You are in control. You will never put more on me than I can carry. I am not about to die. That's why David says, I will live and not die. And I will declare the praises of my God because my God is alive. Let me tell you this. No matter what season you are faced with, do not doubt the fact that God is with you. Do not doubt the fact that God is is still supplying you with his sufficient grace. If you are saying to me, Mfundi, so understand, you are the right person for that season. I don't have to taste what you are going through for me to understand you. The only thing I can tell you is that you carry a better grace than I am. Probably that's why I'm maybe in a better season. Some of us, who into that, by just, I'm in a difficult season. Yeah, I mean, all I know is that when you are in a difficult season, that's when you go to God. That's when you run to God. When you are in a tough season, I come into the presence of God. I don't know what to say. All the best I can do is to just cry. 
and be in the presence of God because I know that in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. There are times of refreshing. There's nothing spectacular that has to happen. When I'm in the presence of God, I walk out of a service, I feel better. I feel like things are about to change tomorrow. But the reality is that all that God did was to deposit His grace. This grace that we are talking about is the grace for all sufficiency. It says, and God is able to make grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. That you may have all sufficiency in all things, not some of them. All things, having all sufficiency, everything and anything that I might be in need of. This grace is there. This grace ushers us into different levels and seasons of having and not having. We start from a level where, have you ever lived your life where you just don't have enough for everything? You just don't have enough. You, you are at school, you feel like you don't have enough intelligence. You are at work, you feel like you are not capable enough. You are around your friends, you feel like you are not cute enough. You are not cool enough. This grace is able to carry us from that level of not having enough. And gradually God shifts us and he takes us to that world of just enough. Hey, that well of ba- that world of barely making it. That yo, you thought you are not going to make it this week, but God just gave you just enough for just this week, for just for you to take another sigh of relief. Have you ever, have you ever, you know, uh, been in a in a swimming pool and you are swimming and you are swimming and you are swimming and you feel like you are running out of breath, and 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 therefore, especially if you are you are like me, me, I can't swim with my head. Above the water, I have, my head has got to be inside. So from time to time, I have to come out of the water just to catch the breath. And in most cases, when you see that, oh, I still have a long way to go. But just this moment is just for me just to catch just enough breath for me to just, I don't know whether this breath is enough for the distance that remains, but the least I can do just with this one service, I'm just going to take as much as I possibly can. I'm not sure whether my situation is going to change tomorrow or on on Tuesday or on Wednesday. But all that I know is that there is grace in this room that is available for me just to carry me for yet another moment. All sufficient grace. Listen, the reason why it says all sufficient is because it's not relevant for one aspect of life. God does not want you to excel in one grace and fail in another. You are doing well in one area of your life. You're not doing well in another area of your life. Why? It's because sometimes there are areas that we hide from God because we feel like God does not have to handle anything in as far as that is concerned. We've got it. God, take care of my spiritual life. Leave my finances alone. God, take care of my marriage, but leave my children alone. I'll, I'll, I'll parent my own way. 
That's why sometimes we have sufficient grace at work. We are excelling. We are doing well. But there's not enough grace for children. I remember my early years of marriage, God once challenged me because I got married. This church started on the 28th of August in 2004. And the 12th of February, 2005, I got married. And the year went by, and one day God challenged me because I love the ministry, man. I was throwing myself into this thing. I was reading every book, and God once asked me to say, why are you not as committed about learning about your marriage and family as you do about ministry? You see? Because I was allowing the grace to develop and to abound in as far as ministry is concerned. And I was fine with the fact that each time I come home, I don't know how to function. And as a man of God, the least that you can think is to think that this wife is carnal. And she's not carnal. All she needs is attention. That's all she needs, attention. Oh, wow. From that time, from that time, and that's where I think I told you this story before, when the Lord said to me, just leave my wife alone, go and attend to yours. So the church is his wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you look at me, you, you might think, oh, wow, for sure, it has a fundi by pity, same time, a little shame. Oh, little shame. When I get home, when I get home, oh, those who have visited me, they can tell you. When I get home, oh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Laptop aside, book aside, Bible aside. I focus on the family. Yeah. I look at my wife. Watch the TV. Watch a movie. What, what movie can we watch? Ah, let us cut laptop young bees. It's worse. Because I've worked the grace of, you know, when I'm working, man, I'm in my zone. I'm in my zone. When I'm studying the word, I'm in my zone. But I also need to be in my zone in marriage as well and find my zone to say, man, when I get home, ah, oh, man, I wish it can be like this all the time. I wish I don't have to go to work. And when it's time for work, that's why the Bible says there's time for everything. All sufficiency. All sufficiency. And what do I do? Then after we go to bed, we sleep. And my wife is satisfied. My kids saw that I'm available. Whether they want to talk to me or not, I'm there in the lounge. It's up to them because once they become teenagers, as soon as they walk in, they go to their rooms. But if they need me, they come down to say whatever that they need to, and they need to find me. And when they are all asleep, 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning, I wake up. Shandala. 
Oh Lord, your church. Oh Lord, this. Oh Lord, this. Oh Lord, this. Oh Lord, this. Mang is what Kalaman's wish hour. I walk out. I start to prepare Namiti to take them to school, whatever the case may be. I always look for that moment when they don't have to. Why? Because. It has to be all sufficiency. Grace for work. Grace for ministry. Grace for family. Grace for marriage. Grace for parenting. Grace for all sufficiency. Because God does not want us to live unbalanced life. If you ask me how do I balance my life to allow the grace of God to function in that space. Many of us, we are too We say, Mina, I love reading. Right? Many people say, I love reading. But the question is, what are you reading about? Because many of us, we read about business all the way. When are you going to read about marriage? When are you going to read about Christianity? Whatever it is, that is part of your life so that the grace of God, even in that area, can kick in. We read about, oh, declaring confessions. You declare, you confess, you do all of those things, but only to find that other areas are not, it's not make sure. Sometimes when, even when you realize one area in my finances is not make sure, it's time to focus on it because there's grace that is available for that as well. All sufficiency, all sufficiency, all sufficiency. God, you know, I, li- I like what it says in the Amplified Version. Listen to how the Amplified Version puts it. It talks about, it talks about, being self-sufficient in Him. In other words, going to say to God, God, in this area, I am lacking. And God says, no, I have grace as well in that area. So that my sufficiency is not going to come from myself, but I am going to be equipped by God. Listen, Bazalan, we must not over-spiritualize God to make, to make Him relevant just for certain aspects of our lives and irrelevant. It's, it's as if we are saying God is good enough for church services but not good enough at home. God is good enough for church services but not good enough at work. I remember there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a guy at a, a church who used to come to me frustrated by work and one day I asked him and I said to him, but do you ask the Holy Spirit to help you fix those machines? And he said to me, hmm, I've never thought of it like that. And I said to him, but why? The Bible says we have an anointing that will teach us all things. Not some of the things, all things. All things. That's why the Bible says in having all sufficiency in all things, not some of the things. In all things. Saying, God, help me before I start. Just invite the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, he's fixing um, mine machines. And I said to him, before you open that thing, ask the Holy Spirit. He knows that machine. He was there when it was created. He inspired them to design it. So just sit next to it and say, Holy Spirit, as I'm about to open this thing, guide me, help me to know what to do. Man... Three months down the line, he was a different person. He came to me and he said, Fundis, that thing you told me is working wonders. Now, he's traveling 
Botswana, the company, there are certain machines that no one else will touch. They, they, they will only call for him. And always he says to me, I'm going to Botswana. There's a machine that is giving problems. Pray for me. Pray with me. And I said to him, you know what to do. Ask the Holy Spirit. He's there. He's going to be there to help you. Amen. All sufficiency in all things. In all things, man, how beautiful can it be as believers when we can get to that point where we live balanced lives. That people will find us excelling in every area of our life. Just when they think, M7 Zini, no, this is too good to be true. That I, I need to go and see this man at, at his house. That when they come to visit us, they find that, oh my goodness, the same person you are at work, you are the same person at home. <laughs> this salvation, our mistake is that we want to always reduce it to just church services. That's why Jesus did not like hypocrites. He called them hypocrites, the Pharisees. Because they loved to look like believers, like religious leaders. But the life was not in agreement. Let me close. This grace is sufficient for all kinds of works. It says, always having all sufficiency in all things. That you may have an abundance for every good work. For every good work. And, and this is where the Bible teaches us. When you look at other translations, it talks about when you are able to do things in your life that will bring about an overflow. So that this grace is not just going to benefit you, but it's also going to benefit those who are around you. That you are going to produce good works, not just for you, but for others who are around you. Let me put it this way, Bazalwan. You have not yet reached the highest level in the grace that is available for you until someone else can benefit from it. If it's only enough for you, you have not yet explored everything that is available for you within the abundance of the grace of God. How is the person next to you? Because, listen, we can only become selfish with things that we know we have produced with our own strength and might. But if it's something that I acknowledge that, no, this one, it's not me. Someone else must benefit from it. At work, when you are working with other people around you that maybe you are leading, or maybe they are even junior, but you just so happen to be good. Or maybe they are even senior than you for that matter, but you just so happen to be good in this area. Is your grace affecting them? Do they feel like when they are working with you, they are becoming more effective? The Bible says this about, I said when I began, the Bible uses the word grace interchangeably with favor, blessing. The Bible says about Joseph, 
when he was in the house of Potiphar. The Bible says that man, everything that he did, God caused it to prosper. The Bible says God was with him and he was a successful man. He was a blessed man until they even realized that they are blessed because of him. They promoted him because of that, because they realized that there is this thing that this man carries. That when he is involved, we tend to benefit. We can't afford to lose him. We, we need to make sure that we make him comfortable because we are benefiting. And here's what humbles me about Joseph at that time. Because if it was me, realizing that these people are benefiting because of me, First of all, I was going to be very cocky. Two, I was going to go out and build my own palace. Sometimes it's unfortunate. God gives you the grace to work things in the palace and not give you the palace. And give someone else a palace and not give them the grace you carry. So that we are all sufficient in him. So well, probably Joseph was going to go with his grace, with his favor, to produce good works. It's just that he was not going to have anything to do because he does not have a palace. So how are people benefiting from what you carry? Where can your grace operate and function for the benefit of others? I always tell the story of how, for me, working with computers and whatever, I did not learn it from school. It just, it was just a God-given ability somehow. From back in the days, Paul, when there was no MacBook, when there was, do you know, 486, 386, before Pentium 1 and Pentium 2, before all of those things, Hey, when we were still working computers, okay, there was no mouse. We used to do everything on a keyboard. Control this, control that. You had to know all of these combinations. And from back in the days, I knew, I knew how to fix computers, connect and whatever. And I used to serve people with that gift. Business people who are running serious businesses today. Set them up, put up a computer, because back then a computer was a big thing. You have a computer in your house and a printer. For that matter, the HPs, uh, the jet, uh, 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 HPs were not there. There, there was that printer called uh, Dot Matrix, I think. The one that when it prints, it goes... And it could only print black and white. Mm-hmm. I didn't have businesses. I didn't, all I had was just the grace to work within something that already exists. And slowly, I found favor with those people. Slowly, I found favor to a point that when God started blessing them, they were all thinking about me to this day. That's why I always say, there is no point when I knock on their door to ask for something, they will, they will not ignore me. Why? Because at that point, I allowed them to benefit from my grace. 
so that I can also benefit from theirs. Because I'm not a businessman, but I need the things that business produces, like money. So I remember when we were renovating our, our, our first building that we bought in Delmas. As a church, we bought this building. We had to convert it and make it a church. And we had exhausted all the funds. And we needed cement, bricks, and whatever. And the Lord reminded me of this man. He said, remember that man you, you, you helped? Phone him. And I called him. I said, hey, bro, we have this project here at church. So I don't know how can you help us as the Lord leads and he said to me, Pastor, you know I have a construction company, so I have an account in such and such a hardware. Go and get whatever you need. Man, we went, got some cement for days. I kept on telling to like, go and check. And he came back and he said, no, there's still enough. And we built this, built this wall. And I said, go and check. He said, no, there's still enough until the project was finished. All sufficiency. You see how God works this thing? God works these things mysteriously. He will put people at the right place at the right time for you. Because his grace is sufficient. The passion translation of this verse says, He will make you overflow with abundance. In every good thing that you do. Oh my goodness. I pray that the grace of God will sit and rest on anything and everything that I do. May your works and may my works never be in vain. May I not sweat and sweat and sweat and all of my works are not going to be recognized by anyone. But I pray that the grace of God will cause whatever it is that you do to be recognized. May somebody see and recognize what you are good at. The kind of a grace that you carry. How sad can it be that you are so good in one area and nobody thinks about you. Nobody remembers you. I mean with Joseph, the kind of grace that he carried. Even when they forgot about him, God created a situation that was going to remind them of the grace that Joseph carried. Oh my goodness. That's why sometimes you don't have to fight for yourself. Are they, you, do you feel like you are being abused and misused? Just keep on serving. Just keep on producing those good works for the benefits of others. Because one thing I know, the Bible says, whatsoever a man sows that he shall reap. And you are not going to reap from the people you have sown into their lives. Your harvest comes from God. So that when you understand that even if they can forget about you, but God will create a situation that will make them remember. That, oh, by the way, there was a Joseph I left in prison that I promised that I'm going to remember him and I'm, I, I promised that I'm going to come for him. But I came out, I was comfortable, I forgot about him, but God orchestrated a situation to say, you remember Joseph? The Bible says there was no any other person who was going to solve that problem. May it be your portion in your life that God will create problems that only you can solve with your grace, with your gifting, with your ability. And yes, as I close, the Bible calls this all grace. All encompassing grace. Because this kind of grace is not our own ability. 
It is God's ability. That's why the scripture starts with, and God is able. God is able. I'm here to tell somebody that you might not be able to solve those problems, to finish those tasks, to complete those assignments. But I am here to remind you that your God is able. My Bible says He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. You, he, you can ever ask or think. No matter how big the idea you have is, know that your God is able. You might not be able, be able to do that particular assignment. Maybe you have the dreams and the visions and the aspirations on the inside of you and you feel afraid. You feel threatened. Let me tell you. Under the sun. My God is able. The Bible says what is impossible with men it is possible with God. In other words, if it is impossible for me to produce, I go back to God because I know that he is able. Maybe you are faced with difficult assignments at work, in your business, in your marriage, in your life. There are certain things that you are unable to produce, certain levels that you are unable to reach. I am here to remind you of the grace of God. I am here to remind you of the God who has promised you that he will make all of his grace to abound towards you. You can never have enough of God's grace. There is grace that is available for you today. There will be grace available for you tomorrow. Even next year when you are living your life at a higher level, there is grace that is able to carry you. I know that you will be faced with difficult challenges next year. Don't be afraid. The grace of God will be there to carry you. The grace of God will be there to sustain you. The grace of God will be there to take you to the realms of possibilities. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too difficult for God. The Bible says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And if God has the capacity to do it, all I need is the capacity to receive it. If God has the power to do it, all I need is the capacity to receive it. Because if my God is able, I know that maybe some of us, you might be sitting in your marriage and you're wondering, how am I going to make this thing to work? Your God is able. Maybe you are sitting in your career, in your business. You are frustrated. Things are tight. Things are not, are not working out. You feel like giving up. I'm here to tell you, your God is able. Your God is able. Maybe you are faced with different kinds of mountains and you feel like you are, you are, you are failing to ascend higher and higher where you want to go. As a matter of fact, the more you press on, the more it feels like you're going down to the valley. Let me tell you, all that you need is the grace of God. All that you need is for God to remind you that He is there in your life, not so that you can perform for Him, but so that He can perform for you, so that He can work from within you, so that He can give you the desires. The Bible says, if we delight ourselves in Him, He will give us the desires of our hearts. This God that we serve is the one who is able to work in our minds, work in our hearts. He knows which buttons to press. He knows things to switch on the inside of us. That you might be feeling down today. You might be feeling distressed today and depressed today. But our God is able to adjust things on the inside of us. He is able to go down to places that no man can touch, that no man can access. 
So that when the devil last night, he thought he has finished you, he has defeated you. You wake up tomorrow morning, you have new strength. That's why the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Devil, you are a liar. I was crying about my situation last night, but this morning is a totally different day. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Devil, you are lying. You are a liar. You've been lying since from the beginning. I am not afraid of anything that you may throw at me. His grace is sufficient. Let's stand on our feet. There are big things and great things that God wants us to attempt. That God wants us to do. Let me tell you, we are not just called to wait for things to happen. But we are also called to work things. To let the grace of God kick in. And say, oh, I thought this thing was too difficult for me. But it seems as if there's another hand on my hand. Ah, it seems as if there's another mind on my mind. Oh, it seems as if there are other words on my words. It seems as if this time when I am preaching, when I am speaking, I am speaking a different kind of a language. In other words, my God is giving me the grace to enable me to do what I cannot do. Let's lift up our hands in this place. Father, we thank you for your all-sufficient grace. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.